All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic they were interested in. They went to our website, techgumbo.net, and submitted a question. They went over to the question of the week tab to do so. This week's question is, does it still take forever to buy a, a PC or has the supplies caught back up? This is a good question. It's something that we talked a lot about during the pandemic in 2020 and 2021. But here we are now in July 2023, almost August 2023. And we're happy to report that things are pretty much back to normal. So having worked in this IT industry selling computers for the past 15 years, Yes, it was really, really difficult to tell a client, okay, it'll be six weeks before we can get a PC in for you. And it's not like that anymore. There is usually a good supply. There's good choices if you want a 15-inch screen versus a 14 or 13-inch. If you want this processor, that processor, how much RAM do you want? There's good availability, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I think this is this is two things happening. I think one, this is demand is coming down. I think that all the people who suddenly went out and bought laptops because they were working from home or they were working remotely or they were doing something hybrid, that demand has stabilized. The, you know, those people bought their laptops by and large. And then also the supply chain is fixing itself. All those places where it was kinked and knotted up and jammed it's been long enough that everything is not 100%, but it's more or less moving again like it was designed to. I think you're 100% on point with how many people with within the last two years went out and bought those laptops. And if you just bought a laptop two years ago during the pandemic, you're not really in the market to go buy another one right now. Now, if you've had a laptop prior to the pandemic and you'd been holding on to it for four or five years, okay, you're probably looking to get a new PC now. Be prepared if you do go buy a new PC, it will come with Windows 11 and you can downgrade to Windows 10 if you would like to, but be prepared for that. Yeah, but that's, that is a, a much more traditional, a much more expected problem to have as opposed to just not being able to get a PC or being able to get one that is very different than the one that you actually wanted. So thanks again for that question and very happy to talk about it, mostly because that's my industry. So I was 
kind of happy about that. We will be sending out that Tech Gumbo mug. If you would like a Tech Gumbo mug, you can go to our website, techgumbo.net, see a picture of that mug, send us a question. If we use your question, we will send you a Tech Gumbo mug for free. Now on to the big story of the week. The cost of solar panels is coming down. This is fantastic news that it's a lot of different things happening, coming together. One, solar energy had been getting more efficient just over time. This was also sped up very largely by the Inflation Reduction Act passed two years ago or one year ago, however long it was. And this dumped a lot of money into the industry. And that's a great thing. Solar energy does not pollute the planet and it's already cheaper per kilowatt hour than a lot of traditional fuels are. And so energy prices could start coming down as well. That's right. So the incentive packages that were passed, it's not, okay, here's $2,500, go buy a solar panel. It's if you put up your own money to go buy those solar panels, we'll reimburse you. So again, it's a more efficient usage of money. It's you're having to put out the effort to go get it. It's not just a, a give me a giveaway program. I like if you're if the government's going to get involved, I would prefer that method of doing so. But it also because more people are buying solar panels now, there's more more market, there's more share, there's it's easier for the price to drop and that's what we're seeing. Yes, the, the chemistry is getting better, the manufacturing process is getting better. All of those economies of scale that work their way through are taking effect. Uh, another place where you're really seeing improvements is energy storage. Battery technology is also getting better. And you know the problem with solar energy is that you can't always collect it, but and whenever you can collect it, you don't need all of it. And so that's where the batteries come in. And so as lithium ion technology gets better, as batteries get more efficient, as they're able to develop them and store that energy, you can rely more heavily on that solar energy. And again, that means that the price that you pay per kilowatt hour will continue to come down. And then as we develop new batteries, move away from the lithium, move on to newer type batteries that, that are trying to be developed, once we can get those batteries stable, and have the price of those drop, then you're really going to see a whole new level of push for solar energy and being able to store because obviously solar panels don't work well at night. So you've got half of your day where the solar panels don't work. And we like electricity at night. <laughs> yes, especially cheap electricity. And, you know, there are just battery companies who are coming in. One of them is called Lunar Energy. And they see the potential for this market. They understand that the timing is right. And so they are really trying to get people to buy these batteries to set up in their homes because batteries are heavy. But if you just place them on the ground, then you're not worried about that weight. And so you could make a wall out of it or you could put it in a shed or things like that. Wherever now you're really storing a lot of energy and if you, you know, there's a capital upfront cost, but it starts to pay off pretty quickly. Yes, this is not like putting more batteries in your car, where now the car gets that much heavier and your additional weight is offsetting the, the additional power that you're, you're putting into the vehicle. 
Here, you've just got to make sure these batteries don't overheat when they're in your house. So putting them in a nice place where there's air flowing across them and can keep them temperature regulated, you can get 20 kilowatts worth of power storage. Most houses will run on about five to 10 kilowatts. You store additional power like that, and you're gonna be able to really have a home running off of batteries, not just dependent upon the grid. Yeah, because that's the thing is that once you buy that initial equipment, your energy is free. The sun just makes that energy. You're just capturing what is currently falling on your grass or falling on your roof. And so you're now just gathering this wasted energy and you're being able to do something with it. And so this can really make a difference into one, how much energy we use and two, how much it costs us. Because we've talked about multiple times here that our power grid just cannot sustain everybody trying to go out and get electric vehicles and to try and get away from the additional power consumption that we're going to need as we try to become less and less dependent upon fossil fuels over the next 30 to 40 years. We don't have the power plants built to generate electricity. We don't have the, the, the delivery system to get the power from these electric generation facilities to the homes if they did exist. So to have solar panels on your roof and batteries there inside your house that you're less dependent upon the grid, you have greatly improved the efficiency of that power plant and grid system. Yes, the the more people who go out and, and get their battery panels or get, get their battery packs, get their solar panels, that it will be a huge win for yourself and for your larger community. Now, it is going to be a sizable upfront investment, but if your power right now costs you $150 to $200 a month, that pays itself off in five years pretty quick to where whatever investment it would take to put a, the, the solar panels on your rooftop and that bank of, of batteries, you're paying real fast by not having to pay the, the power company for all that, that electricity. It's also important to note that the money that is set aside for consumers to upgrade to these solar panels will not last forever. And so if you're someone who is eyeing this, being able to capitalize on it now, as opposed to you know three years, five years, 10 years from now, this is a good time to make sure that you are getting that reimbursement check for this technology. Because let's face it, the fossil fuels are not going away, The not any time in the next 30 to 40 years. We're still going to be very dependent upon gasoline, and and we're and as even as we want to use more EVs and want to use hybrid vehicles, which are becoming more popular, but we're not going to just totally get away from gasoline anytime soon. Yeah, the there was a new study out that said almost half of consumers say their next car will be a hybrid, a plug-in hybrid, or fully electric. And this is up by a big jump. But again, as you said, you know there are a number of hurdles in the way. Some of them are regulatory. Some of them are based upon the supply. Some are based upon demand. Consumers are hearing this message, but how can we make sure that it lands in their lap so that they can actually pull the trigger on it? 
it's fascinating when you look at the the countries that are the most consumer EV ready. China is number one, then Norway, Sweden, Germany, UK, South Korea, and the US comes in at seventh. And, you know, that's a whole far way down the list of, of countries that are really excited about moving into the EV space. But when you say to people, hey, hybrid, you're still got gasoline, but hey, when you're moving along, you can move over to that battery and you're saving your your mileage goes up by a factor of half or more, even if it's only a third increase, that makes people a lot more interested in the hybrid idea. Yes, you also, whenever you have that hybrid vehicle, you eliminate a lot of that range anxiety. That's one of the things that people are still kind of skittish about is that they worry that if their electric vehicle is getting low, that they will have difficulty finding a new place to recharge. Well, if you still have a little bit of gasoline that you can dump in, because you know you're going to be able to find a gas station, all right, you know, we're making that switch, we're making that transition. It's a, it's a much smoother process. It's, it's a gradual change. It's not this lurch from one to the other that we, we are concerned about. Having that delay in the middle will allow it to be a more continuous transition. But if you are one of the, the people who've gone out and bought the EV, and you're worried about, well, where can I charge up that car when I'm away from my house? There's good news for you. The Tesla supercharging stations are going to become much more available to a lot more than just Teslas starting in 2024. Yeah, Ford, GM, Rivian, Volvo, and now Mercedes will all be able to start using the Tesla-backed charging ports. This is a good thing because these superchargers allow you to bring your vehicle up to near full charge in 20 to 30 minutes, not the multiple hours that it would a, a slower charging station would take. So let's say you put up a supercharging station outside of the coffee shop that you like to go to. Okay, you go grab a cup of coffee or you go to the donut shop or whatever, wherever that charging station is. And now you're spending 20 minutes inside you're getting a full charge and now you can move on down the road. Yes, I think that really is what it's going to be is that it will be a shift in mindset about when do you fill up your car? It'll be you're going to Walmart and you plug your car in and while you're walking around Walmart to grab your groceries, your car will be charging. Or you plug your car when you're at home because most people don't drive 200 miles in a day. And so most people drive somewhere in the order of 10 to 50 miles in a day and so your car is completely fine to just sit there and charge overnight and so then you're not worried about making a whole other trip just to go to the gas station unless you're tesla because apparently tesla has been exaggerating their ev range this feels pretty damaging to me that's uh, apparently it comes directly from the top that Elon Musk wanted to oversell the amount that your car could travel. It, he said, whenever you buy the car off the lot and you're seeing 350 to 400 mile range, it makes you feel good. Even though the actual range was much closer to only 300 miles. That's right. When you're off by almost 25%, you're overestimating when you're selling your vehicles. And 
they had to create a division at Tesla that encouraged people to cancel their service appointments because there was nothing really wrong. They couldn't fix a problem that was not really a problem. Yes. Whenever so many people are calling in and saying, something's wrong with my car, it's not getting as much mileage as I thought it would. Whenever enough people are calling in that they're backing up your phone lines and you have to create a diversion program for them, you have done something wrong here. And that feels like you have intentionally misled consumers and I'm going to guess that the federal government is going to start looking through a lot of this data and start asking some questions because South Korea has already done that. Their antitrust regulator fined Tesla for saying that in cold weather, the actual mileage was reduced up to 50% of what had been advertised. Tesla actually created a division of team members who would close hundreds of cases a week and staffers were tracked to keep track of how many numbers of service calls they diverted, thus saving the service centers thousands of dollars and and not just plugging up this, these service centers with things that couldn't be fixed. So when you've got when you're paying people to keep their customers away to fix a problem that's not fixable, what kind of message are you sending to your potential next clients? Right. The thousands of customers were told that there's nothing wrong with their car by advisors who had never run diagnostics. If I can just over the phone tell you, nope, your car is doing what it's supposed to do, what it's intended to do, what it's designed to do, that means that there's a miscommunication somewhere and miscommunication is putting it very gently, putting it very optimistically. This is really a tough showing because any new technology like this heavily relies on public trust. This is one of the things I am frustrated with Tesla about self-driving cars is that you have to be very clear and very honest with the public about what it is that your vehicle can do, what it's good at, and what it cannot do. Just be honest with people. Tell them the truth and then let your technology catch up and have people be excited about the cool parts of it. Because getting 300 miles in an electric vehicle battery is a fantastic breakthrough. That's incredible technology. Sell people on that. Don't tell them 400 and have them be disappointed to get 300 because now they're going to walk away with a bad taste in their mouth, and then they're not going to want to go out and buy another electric vehicle, and we're not going to take advantage of this cool thing that you did. Or don't tell them you're going to get 400 miles, and then they live in Buffalo in January, and they're getting 150 miles because the cold weather really just takes the energy out of that battery. That's not a good thing either. Yes, this this is a, a large problem, and it's it's okay that it exists. Tell people that it exists. Let the consumer make choices. Let them understand that, okay, if you live in Buffalo in January, you will have to, to recharge more often. That's, that is just how this works. That is okay. 
let those people make their choices. Let people who are going to want this technology and use this technology be able to plan their life around it because the technology didn't change. Just because you lied to them doesn't mean that it's suddenly going to go farther and then now they're going to all of a sudden still have to deal with these problems and they're not going to be aware of them. And no one wins that. I, I completely agree that be upfront, tell the people the truth, let them make their own informed decisions based upon actual honest information, then you will have much, much more satisfied clients who are more more willing to buy more of your product if you're telling them the truth. But you blow smoke up their skirts and say, hey, just trust me on this one. That's that's a bad way to do business. Especially because you still plan to exist next year. You still plan to exist 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and you need consumer trust in order to keep existing. You And then whenever you make improvements, you want to be able to show improvements. Whenever your battery actually goes from 300 to 350 to 400, you want to be able to announce that and display that and show that off. And then if people say, oh, well, you were advertising 400 and this is just the first time that I actually get 400, that's not a positive news story. No one feels great about that. But if you can say, hey, we actually just improved our battery mileage by 25%, that's a huge win. That's something you can stake a flag on and you're depriving yourself of that future good moment. So come on, Tesla, do the right thing. Start telling people the truth. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.